Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the What Is Life podcast. Yes, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Spees in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself, back at you with another episode, episode 40. Episode 40, we in the fours now. Shout out to us, shout out to you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making this part of your daily routine, your evening routine. You know, the vibes. Episode 40, look how far we've come. We almost to episode 50. We halfway to a century. We halfway to the century mark almost in the What Is Life podcast. And this podcast would not be around. It would not be here. It would not even exist without you. You, you, you. So your voice is going to be heard. Why? Because we got some new features coming to the What Is Life podcast. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Also, I got to let you know that Pal Pullen is in attendance. He is chilling right by my foot. I swear he's getting closer and closer to the mic like he's about to start getting up here and start barking or something. About to be on some DMX, some DMX vibes. Shout out to the legend DMX. But without further ado, let's get into it. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? You know, it's crazy how people close to you, right, will get mad at you, like real life mad at you because you don't know something that they think you're supposed to know. But for the life of you, you don't have a clue. (laughs) Like, you don't have a clue. Like, you're not a human being. Like, you don't forget things. And how are you supposed to remember something that you've never been told or that you've never learned or have never been informed Mind-boggling. But they get irate with you. Now, how do you respond when somebody is coming at you so aggressively? Do we do we respond? Do we It's like a tongue twister right there. Do we respond differently? Do we respond aggressively? Or do we 
rise above that? Or do we go under that? Or do we sidestep that? Bob and weaved out. What do you do in that moment? What do you do in that situation? Are you aware of what's been going on behind the scenes in that person's life up until that point when they finally got in contact with you? Or do you say, fuck all that? They coming at me like this so aggressively. I'm going to come back with them with that same type of energy. I feel like most of us will probably try to defuse the situation, probably ask, like, what's going on? Why are you? And then that's probably what's going to trigger whatever emotion it's going to trigger in you to make you respond how you will choose to respond. I know in my life with certain people, When certain people trigger me, I try to figure out what it is in me that makes them trigger me. Like, what is it? What is it? Because most of the time when there is an argument or a dispute or some type of mixed energy, Mixed signals, miscommunication, miscomprehension. There's no, there's no getting around that. But there is. There's always a solution, but it's like how, how bad do you want that solution? How patient do you want to be with this opposition of energy to understand its nature? Think about it when you're off in nature, right? And you see a deer or you see an antelope or you see a moose or a tiger or even a dog. When you see a dog, I mean, depending on the type of person you are, you might get scared or you might be friendly towards the dog. You might try to intimidate the dog or you just ignore it. Just keep minding your business. Don't even attract the dog's attention your way. Don't even give off that energy. <laughs> you know, so there was this one time in eighth grade, right? I spent a whole week. Guess where? Guess where? I right, so boom. It was a Sunday, Sunday evening. My dad comes in my bedroom, right? And he was like, we're going to Cozumel, Mexico. 
we're going on a cruise. I'm like, oh my gosh, we going on a cruise? I'm about to go to a different country. I'm lit. About time we go somewhere. And my dad was like, but you're, you're going to go stay the week with Daniel. And Daniel, who's my best friend, he lives like, at the time he lived right down the street, like a 30 second jog. So I was like, wow. Wow. Okay. And he was like, well, uh, so have fun. <laughs> and do what you're told and I love you. I was like, damn. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Your dad coming into the room. And being like, hey, we're going to Cosmo, Mexico. Your black ass is going to your friend's house for the week. Like, that's nuts. That was crazy. So. I'm kicking in at Daniel's house. Monday goes by, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's Friday now. Now, on this day, we had every intention to go to school. But if we have to play by the rules and the school or any type of corporation doesn't follow by their own rules, then the rules are forfeited. We go back to living our lives. So we had to be out at the bus stop at 7.15. So, you know, we get dressed, eat a little bit, dip out to the crib, or dip out to the um, bus stop. So we're walking to the bus stop to get there at 7.15. Now they had a 15-minute rule. If the bus did not show up in 15 minutes... Meaning if the bus did not show up at 7.30, you had to go back home and get a ride. Or you could wait it out and you won't get counted as tardy. You won't get counted as late. You won't get counted as late. But we said, fuck all that. Fuck all that. Why? Because it's like, it's, it's May 7th. The school year is almost over. So we're like, you know what? We ain't going to school today. <laughs> we ain't going to school today. And, you know, we actually, we gave the bus driver benefit of the doubt. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. We waited till 735. Bus driver still didn't show up. So we're like, you know what? Let's head back to the crib. Now we're walking back to the crib. We're walking back to the crib. As soon as we step back on to Daniel's front porch, we hear coming around.
around the corner. The dude was speeding, doing like a buck fifty down the street because he knows he was late. And this man was a disciplinarian. So if he saw you, if he saw you trying to run away from the bus, because he he knew he knew he knew everybody that was getting onto his route. He knew everybody. He wouldn't even let me get off on a street that was literally not even a 20 second walk from the next street. That's how strict this man was with his routes. So he was not playing around. He was not playing around. So we hear the bus doing like a buck 50 around the, around the curb. Me and Daniel start hitting the four flat. The three nine Usain bolting into the bushes, <laughs> hiding behind walls. <sighs> Bus strapper zooms on by. <clears throat> we peek around the corner. We see Daniel's mom come outside to check. We're like, <gasps> we duck back behind the corner. She didn't have to be at work until nine o'clock, so. We couldn't just go back into the crib. If you hear that crunching in between me talking, <laughs> that's pal. He decided to eat a little snack during the podcast. So I guess now's a good time for you all to go get your little snack, get your little beverage. If you haven't had anything to eat yet, or if you just feel like you need a little snack or just need a little drink. So me and Daniel, we needed to kill time until his mom left. Because with his mom there being at the crib, obviously we could not go back inside. Now, where we lived, the houses were pretty shitty. But right around the corner, the new housing projects, those, those had the basketball courts with the chain nets. Those houses were houses, so we went to go kick it over there. Hey, pal, how you doing? You can bow. So we went, to, we went to go kick it over there. So Daniel had his backpack on still. I swear he had like 50 books on him. <laughs> this man had like 50 books in his backpack. <laughs> And out of nowhere, this dog just comes up. Just pops out of nowhere, this black dog. I'm like, hey, doggy, how you doing? The dog starts barking. And it was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. He takes off running. He hops on top of a random ass car. I think it was like a blue Honda Civic. Like a 1993 blue Honda Civic. And he's kicking at it. Dog bark at him. Dog's not even big at all. Not even big at all. They was like, get away, get away, get away. I'm like, yo, what? What are you doing? You attracting all this noise? Like, calm down. So I just walked off. I was like, yeah. There's no need for you to be afraid of this dog. There's no need for you. 
I walked off though because I knew he'd be all right. I knew he'd be okay. But his experience with dogs at the time was his experience with dogs. And my experience with dogs at the time was different. So we reacted differently. (laughs) And there was nothing I could do to diffuse the situation. Eventually the dog calmed down. Daniel calmed down. They both realized that they weren't threats. And they went on about their business. Daniel's like, oh shit, did you see that fucking dog? That dog was huge. I'm like, what are you talking about? To this day, he swears it was like a wolf. That thing had to be like two feet, three feet tall. (laughs) He was well-groomed. So after that incident, (laughs) we continued to go to the park. We were at the park. We were chilling, chilling, chilling. We went back to Daniel's house at nine o'clock. Daniel's mom still didn't leave yet. She was running late. So we just chilled around the house, like towards the backyard, but not all the way in the backyard, like on the side of the house. And then we heard her drive off, get in the car and drive off. And then the day was ours. The day was ours, just like we envisioned it, just like we projected it. We came up with a plan right then and there when the bus driver was late and was like, you know what? We ain't going to school. Now that came with some obstacles, yes, but we still held true to our vision. So when others come at you, upset, happy, angry, or like you can tell they're begging, they want you to do something. Just be aware that they're trying to project their vision on you. They're trying to project their ideals on you. Whatever they think is going on with you, they're going to let you know. Because they can only go off what they see. And if they can't see anything that you're doing, then they're going to think and come up with scenarios as to what you could be doing, how you could be doing it. And then that puts them in the driver's seat to control your life. Meaning that you do not have control over the vision that you see for yourself, that you have for yourself, and that you want for yourself. You're now working on somebody else's vision. Now you're playing a role, a new role, that you necessarily don't even like in somebody else's vision. So it's up to you to adapt and to that role. It's up to you to embrace that role or discard of it, get rid of it, get back on your dreams. Remember when we used to be able to go to the movie theaters 
I like drive-in movies. Do you guys like drive-in movies? One thing that both of them have in common is that they both have a projector. They both have a projector that plays visuals, aka movies, on the screen. And we get so in awe of these movies because we can see ourselves in some of these roles, in some of these, situ- in some of these situations, in some of these scenarios, in some of these plots. But we're watching somebody else's vision. We're watching somebody else's story. We're watching somebody else's truth or fairy tale. It's amazing. Because in some way, somehow, it imitates this life that we're living. Somehow, it could possibly be our future. Or we can relive what we see. Not necessarily in the same way, but it wouldn't be a coincidence. When we think of the word project, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Is it where you live? Is it something that you create? Is it something that you work on? We have individual projects, group projects, project living. We make projections all the time. We're always guessing. We're always estimating. We're always trying to get as close, as right to something as possible. But before we make a projection, we look at the pros We look at how what we're about to declare as an estimate, what we're about to declare as a forecast, what we're about to declare as law in our world. We have to see if it's going to benefit us. We're going to have to see if that vibration is going to play out how we assume it's going to play out. So the more that we work and maintain a project, the more it's going to thrive. Then that project will learn itself and then learn how to sustain until it cannot sustain any longer. So a projection is not something that we do within. That's something that we express outwardly. We project our thoughts. We project our ideas. We project our opinions. Like I said, we're always projecting. We do this all the time. So when we make a declaration on another person without knowing that person, 
we're really doing it a disservice to ourselves. Because we think we know everything, but we really know nothing. I know for a fact, I don't know anything. I'm just able to articulate and explain what I see and what I've experienced in my almost 28 years of living. This earthly life. So when people make declarations on your life and make projections on your life, this is one thing that we must realize. We must have, we must realize the energy at which they're coming at us with. If it's an energy that is triggering us, we know that it's not us. That person's even had either having a misunderstanding with someone else or with themselves. Think about how often we have misunderstandings with ourselves. Our biggest arguments, our biggest conflicts come from within. Why? Because people make projections on us each and every day that we know is not true. How many of us in this world feel like the underdog? How many of this how many of us in this world feel like we have a chip on our shoulder? How many of us in this world, how many of us in this world feel like we have something to prove each and every day? Where's that energy coming from? Where's that energy coming from? If you've programmed your subconscious to always look for things to make you feel less than, to make you feel like you're not important, what you're doing is not important, then every time you consume that what is projected onto you visually, sonically, physically, however the case, those projections, those projections are going to go to war with you. They're going to go to war with your higher self. They're going to go to war with your soul. Because these projections, they make you question who you are. And through growth comes the most uncomfortability. So if you're comfortable with being uncomfortable, then you won't mind growing into who you really are. You won't mind really finding out who you really are. Because all truths are half truths. Oftentimes when people make these projections on you, it's because they have seen a certain pattern 
in which you move in. And even when you try to grow, they don't acknowledge the growth. Because every time you slip up once, it denounces everything that you're trying to do. But if you embrace who you are, then these projections won't even matter. They won't even affect you. They won't even throw you off your game. But you can't get to that state until you really get to the root of the projection at its core. That means getting to know you at your core, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, knowing how to build on your weaknesses and knowing how and when to maximize your strength. With that comes true power. Then couple that with compassion, then you're unstoppable. This practice takes great patience, but that's okay because all we have in this life is time. So spend time getting to know you so you can project what you really want to project. You can project love through everything you create, everything you speak, everything you listen to. Your life really is a movie. You are the director, you are the producer, you are the editor of your life. You can sit back, you can observe all the energies around you, everything that's going on around you. You can act on the thoughts that you have, on the ideas that you have. That's how you raise your vibration. That's how you lower your vibration. That's how you raise your frequencies. That's how you lower your frequencies. The more spirits come to interact with you, to help you build, to help you grow. So if you're living in a bad movie, if you're living in a bad dream, I can't say I feel bad for you. Because then I feel bad for myself. If you're living in a beautiful dream, if you're living in a beautiful movie, a prosperous movie, more power to you. More power to you. Life is a projection your life right now that you're living is your biggest project. There's nothing bigger in this life right now than what you are doing and who you are. Because what you do impacts this world tremendously. So the fact that you can, the fact that you have the potential to make a huge impact also means you have the potential to create no impact, to do anything, nothing. So the doers and the do-nots, they're both living the same life. What quality of life do you want to live? 
What do you want to see when your eyes open up when the sun comes up? What do you want to see when you're watching the sunset? What do you want to be eating on the daily? It all starts in the mind first. Then we go track it down in this 3D realm of reality that we call Earth. We track it down. We have an idea of what we want to marry. We have an idea of the car we want to drive. We have an idea of the dog we want. We have an idea of the life that we want to live. Then we plan it out. We write the script. Then every time we act, every time we move, and every time we sit around, every time we do nothing, it's part of the action. It's part of the role that you're playing here on this earth. So do you want to be Steven Spielberg, Speezy Spielberg, Rod Serling? Do you want to be Spike Lee? Do you want to be Oprah Winfrey? Or do you want to be a nobody? Because you got to be a nobody first. You got to be nothing first to even become something. So that is all the time that we have for this episode of the What Is Life podcast. Man, life is, life is a projection. Life is a movie. So if you always say in your life's a movie, guess what? It is a movie. Absolutely. Keep it going. Keep it going. As always, this has been your boy, your host, Sensei Spee's in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for making it to the end of episode 40. If you made it to the end, of course, you already know. You're a special light. You're a beautiful soul. You are a true visionary. And if you haven't purchased the book, A Love So Blind yet, maybe you don't want love in your life. Maybe you don't even want a love life in any relationship. In any relationship. In any relationship, you don't want a love life. Maybe you're afraid of love. Maybe you've been hurt so many times by love that you just choose to be blind by it completely. Ignore it altogether. Like, screw it. I don't need that book. But you do need it. You do need it. You know why? Because it's going to show you what you're being blinded by when it comes to love. It's going to show you what you choose to be blind to when it comes to love. So stop playing, go ahead, go on to Amazon, go on to Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Nook, Kindle, wherever you can get a book. Go make that purchase, man, go make that purchase. It helps with the podcast and it helps with Spooky Visions, help us grow, helps us grow. So shout out to you. I love you all. Stay tuned for episode 41.